Hello and welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host, as always, is Joe Taylor. This is episode 19. And as always, thank you for having me back. Of course, Joe. You know, it's funny. You always say thank you for having me. It's your podcast too, buddy. It's ours, yours and mine. Well, and it is my apartment, so I guess what I'm getting at is... um, I should say thank you for having me, Joe. Yeah, and you're welcome. Thank you. So let's go. I have a reflection. I have a, uh, not an apology, but I wanted to validate you a little bit. Ooh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So I finished watching The Boys on Amazon. I I had watched about two thirds of it last week. Which I raved about last week. Oh yeah. You went on and on. Yep. Love it. um, I finished it. Your review is spot on. Thank you. The Homelander character did turn out to be the most interesting arc on the show. It's a great show. It's definitely a binge, which I agreed with you then. But uh, the little nuances of your review made more sense when I finished it. Awesome. So thank good, you. Good for you, man. Right on. And another a quick, I guess it's another validation for you. Oh, shit. two in a row. Um, one thing that I like to watch on Netflix when I'm like going to sleep and stuff is Frasier. I love the show Frasier. Yes. There was an episode where. Uh, Frazier and Niles thought that they might be descendants of the Romanoffs. Oh, yeah. Now, a lot of people might remember you talking about the Romanoffs for, I don't know, it was probably an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently that's a thing, thinking that it's like a Kennedy's or a... Yeah, they're a famous family in history that people think they might be descendants of, even though in theory they were all massacred. So how can you be a descendant of a family that's dead? Yeah, it's like a Rothschild or a Kennedy or something that I, I just didn't know about it, so... Uh, one more point for Demo. So. Yay! Two points for me already this week. Not that we're keeping score. Well, I'm keeping score, but anyway, let's go. What do you got? Well, sad news in the world of streaming, which is what we're here for. The OA on Netflix has been KO'd. No season three. <laughs> Good one. You've yeah, been like saving that, that all yeah, day. I wrote that one down on the way over. I was okay. like, this'll, this'll work. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I know you like the OA. Yeah, I do. I, I really like the OA. And uh, I don't know how it ended because I didn't watch it. But uh, if, if season two wasn't satisfying as far as the ending goes, you're out of luck because it ain't coming back. I'm actually fine with that. I really enjoyed season one. Season two, it was almost a different show. I mean, it had the same characters, but it's not like it picked up where it left off. I don't think it felt very disjointed to me, but very good. Seasons one and two, very good. Uh, I'm not surprised. Netflix doesn't like drag stuff out usually. Uh, This was probably a really expensive show to make, but I guarantee you they'll give Britt Marling a blank check for the next project, and I'm excited to see what that is. So rest in peace, the OA. We'll see what Britt Marling does next. Anyway, there you go. I thought you'd be more heartbroken over it, but I guess not. Mm, On a scale of zero to one, heartbroken, I'm a zero. Great. Now... I got a show that I was uh, teasing last week and the week before that. I finally got around to watching both seasons. It is Dark on Netflix. This came to me recommended by a whole bunch of people. Now, the second season just came out in June. So people got caught up with it recently. But it came out originally season one in 2017. It's going to be three seasons. 
and then it's over. It's not going to have the plug pulled on it prematurely. It's slated for three seasons. The second one just concluded. This is a definite binge for me. What's it about? It is about time travel. It, it's, it's got caves in it. It's got, you know. <laughs> Wait, it's got caves? Caves. If you binge. Love, if you love caves. <laughs> I do. Dark is for you. All right. If this we is ever it. if we ever write a script together and we go in to pitch it, you just I'll let me do the talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's ca- caves, time machines, kidnapped kids, families all on the verge of losing their minds. The show is a mind scramble. It is a cerebral Stranger Things. Okay, now now I'm interested. What do you mean by that? It's not juvenile. Okay, it's a grown-up Stranger Things. Yes. Okay, this is why I need to do all the talking in the pitch meeting. Cerebral was too big of a word for you. We you go in there. We go in there. Intellectual. And I say, no, we go into Warner Brothers and we say it's a grown-up Stranger Things. They buy it in the room. But if I say it's a cerebral Stranger Things, they're going to go. I don't know. Can we get the dictionary? Come no, on. it's the cave talk that worries me. I think the cave is a selling point of this show. So much of this show takes place in a cave. Okay. And in dark places. Hence the title. Okay. Two seasons. First season's 10 episodes. Second season's eight episodes. They're all about an hour each. Right now, 18-hour commitment. It's in German. It's a German show. Now, it's not a German show that Netflix bought. It's a show that Netflix produced themselves in German. They have like this international deal. They have a couple other shows they do that they're like, it's made for Netflix directly, but it is a foreign show. Yeah. And they don't define that when you're scrolling through this stuff. So I've been surprised a couple of times. There's one uh, about some people on a cruise ship and I didn't realize it was all in another language with subtitles. So I feel like they should let you know up front that this is a foreign uh, language show. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Don't be so ethnocentric. It's not that. It's just that I hate reading. Now, you have the option, if you're a lazy pussy, which clearly you are, mm-hmm. to do a dubbed English version. With the don't lips do that. don't match. And it don't looks like do Kung that. Fu. And also, when you're reading it, you become more involved. Because this show is confusing. It's a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. It's totally all over the place. And you really got to focus all of your energy on it. You can't have it on in the background. You got to devote all your attention to it, but the dividends are great. It's great drama. Okay, I have a question. When you say you have to focus all your energy on it, you mean reading the subtitles. Why not just make a novel out of it? Because you're not going to be able to watch the cinematography and read at dialogue speed at the same time. You're not just focusing on the reading. I'm saying the material itself is so dense. Every time a character walks into a room, you got to be going like, okay, who is that? How are they related to this person? Have I seen this character before? Or is, is it them in this time period? Or what time period are we in? You really got to put your thinking cap on for this. But it's worth it. It's a great drama. It's got a great eerie soundtrack. It looks great. It's a fantastic production. Definitely worth your time. It's definitely a binge. Dark on Netflix. Can't say enough good things about this. Did I mention a lot of it takes place in caves? Yeah, you did. So if I go and watch this, because I watched one episode of it and I just couldn't get into it because it is such a complex show that the subtitles really make it tricky. If it was um, King of Queens with subtitles, I could do that. But this is like a little much for me. But if I go watch it and I come back and I say, uh, Demo, I disagree. 
then you're okay with that? Yeah, please disagree with me. I'm sticking with how I feel about it. It's definitely binge-worthy. Also, interestingly enough, I discovered that in German, hey and okay are the same in English. So if you go to Germany and you feel you're a little tongue-tied, don't know the language, you can at least say hey and okay. All right, good to know. Uh, Moving on, I've got a Netflix original movie that they are cramming down your throat. It's the first thing that comes up on the featured thing when you turn on Netflix. For me, and it's not even my market, but they're really pushing this thing. It's called Otherhood. It's a a Netflix original movie. This is funny because I was almost going to do it, and I was like, I'll let Joe do it. Yeah. well, And, And you did. And here I am. Now, this stars... Uh, Patricia Arquette, who comes up on this podcast constantly. Patricia Arquette is a, a featured performer on this show. I mean, she's yeah. in everything we review. She's got to be the number one actress that shows up in our reviews. I think so. And, you know, I was kind of upset. I was at the opening night of L.A. Shorts Fest, which I had a thing in. And she was there, and someone told me that after the fact. And I was like, I would have really liked to have met her because I think she's probably really cool. Anyway, I'm just, it's a, a humble brag. That's what that's called. Okay. So Thanks Patricia Arquette, that for me. Angela Bassett, who's great, and Felicity Huffman. And all three of them play middle-aged moms who have uh, strained relationships with their mid-20s uh, sons who live in downtown New York. Now, the women live out in uh, Long Island or something. And uh, they get drunk on Mother's Day and decide to drive down to Manhattan or wherever and invade their son's lives and uh, force them to connect. Now, the premise of this is cute, I guess. We're nowhere near Mother's Day, so it's kind of a weird time to release this. I mean, they're comparing motherhood to, it's not motherhood, it's more like otherhood, and they really ram that down your throat through the whole movie. Now, I've never done this before, but I want to read a portion of a review from Nell Minow, who writes for RogerEbert.com. I'm just going to read a quick section who I couldn't agree more with. Here we go. If you made a bingo card of every likely scene, song, and comment that might come up in a movie about three middle-aged mothers who make a surprise visit to their sons, Otherhood would have you completing at least one row before the second act. So what he's saying is that this thing is predictable. Cookie cutter script. Cookie cutter script. Now, I'll tell you what. Let's play a game. Mm -hmm. Three mothers go and surprise visit their mid-20s sons living in Manhattan. Three very different outcomes. Guess one of the uh, outcomes. Oh, one of them has to come out that he's gay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Of course. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like, that's, come on. That's like so cliche at this point. You know what? Here's the thing. It's fine. The acting is is great. It looks fine. Does the acting elevate the script at least? Yes. Okay. Okay, so speaking of the script, there's two writers. One of them is Mark Andrus, who wrote As Good As It Gets, Life is a House, and So It Goes, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. The other writer is Cindy Chupak, who also directed it, and she worked on Sex and the City. I mean, you put all that stuff in a blender. That's what this is. Uh, It's not for me. It's not for you. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not for me. Like I said, I saw it and I was like, no, thanks. I'm going to say purge from almost all of our listeners. However, if you're a mother between the ages of 44 and 71 and you have a 
son or daughter who you're not that connected with and you wish would call you more and you're just adventurous enough to go down and surprise them with your uh, two motherly friends. I mean, Paul Blart has an audience too, right? I mean, sure. there's something, there's a peg for every square or whatever. I right. don't know what they say, but this is fine. Now, the critics hate this. On Rotten Tomatoes, you want to guess what it is? 28. 29. Whoa! Very good. Now, here's the thing though. The audience likes it quite a bit more. You want to guess what that's at? 72. 69. You're frighteningly good at this. Oh, yeah. I'm getting better. I'm getting better at predicting random numbers. There's a question we have to ask ourselves, which is... Are we critics or are we an audience? That's what I'm wondering. This is a question for you and me. We've been doing this for 19 episodes now. Mm -hmm. Are we critics or just two idiots in the audience seeing what we think? Yes. Aren't we that, right? No, we're both. We're both. I think it's okay for us to critique a film... And then say, hey, you know what? It's fun, man. Watch it. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're here for, right? No, I definitely see myself as the critic, though. No, I'm kidding. Maybe I'm not, you are. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out, like, are we critics here or are we just us? And I think we're us and we're dabbling in a little bit of criticism. I'm certainly not going to say, oh, I should get a job with the New York Times. And I'm not, I'm not foolish like that. I'm not, you know. <laughs> what kind of accent was that? A... I, I don't know. That's it's just <laughs> East Coast elitism. That's the only accent I can oh, pull okay. off. I thought it was a, a pirate with dementia. <laughs> <laughs> East Coast elitism and a pirate with dementia. Very close accents. Oh, yeah, You'd be okay, surprised. Okay, all right. I'm just saying like, you know, I'm not, I'm not in print. I'm just here yapping once a week about stuff that I had to sit through and whether I liked it or not. And I think most people are like that. We're just trying to tell you people, Hey, we like this. We didn't like this. Right. I think the difference is that critics get paid and I know for sure that you guys don't. Otherhood on Netflix, original movie, Patricia Arquette, Felicity Huffman and Angela Bassett. It's fine. You know what? Binge. Why not? Really? Not for you. Not Not for me. Okay. But if for you're, regular people, yeah, for the uh, good, hardworking folks. Okay, let's move on. I have an ad from one of our sponsors. Okay, it comes from Best DCP. They've been on here before. This is our second spot with them. We want to thank them as always for uh, doing business with us. Here we go. Are you a filmmaker, Joe? Are you a filmmaker? Yeah, I'm a filmmaker. Perfect. So you know how hard it is when you get into a film festival and they play your movie in a theater. You have to provide a digital cinema package or DCP. Yeah, that's true. It's a pain. Right? There's one company, one, that currently dominates this industry and they charge $10 a minute of finished footage plus outrageous rush charges. Best DCP is here to support the independent filmmaker, not prey on them. Best DCP will create the media you need to play in a major theater and festivals for $4 per minute and $5 per minute if you want 5.1 surround sound. They're based in LA, they have a fast turnaround, and are an ally to indie filmmakers everywhere. Best DCP has played films at Regal Theaters, Lemley Theaters, and even the world-famous Chinese Theater in Hollywood. So if you got a movie you need to transfer for theater screening, Best DCP is the best deal. Visit bestdcp.com and get started today. Cool. That's nice that people are supporting the show. Yes, thank you. All right, let's keep going. You've got something. Just go ahead. 
with this next thing. It's euphoria. I hate this show. I'm not even going to tiptoe around it. I watched every episode. I know it's, oh, it's all hip and cool and the kids love it. There's several people I know, including Jess the Facts, who love this show. Oh, my God. Euphoria is so dope. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me one bit that she loves this show. Fine. I, however, thought this was depraved, pretentious excrement. Now, before we get ahead of ourselves and totally go off on this thing... This is HBO's new boundary-pushing teen drama starring Zendaya, all right? This show is not an original show. It's a remake of an Israeli TV show from 2012. Okay, that shocks me. I guarantee if we sat down and watched the Israeli version of this show, it's very different. You think? Yeah, but I I don't want to do that with you. I don't want any part of either of these shows. I had enough problems getting through eight episodes of this. Yeah. But it was created by Sam Levinson. Mm-hmm. Ring any bells? No, not really. He's the son of Barry Levinson. Okay. Uh, good morning, Vietnam. Rain Man, Bugsy, The Natural. Guys, okay. guys, A-list director. Yeah, yeah. Sam Levinson writes, produces, directs a lot of this, and I find it to be showy and bleak. It is relentlessly depressing Everyone on this show is an asshole. Can we have an uplifting moment anywhere? I mean, it makes me just doubt that society is going to be able to continue the way this show is. I have no faith in humanity because of euphoria. Now, I I hated it for a different reason. I think it's filthy because they've got 19-year-old actors and actresses playing 15 and 16-year-olds, fully nude, boning on camera, and it's like... Not just eh. boning. Getting raped. There is so much rape on this show. It's graphic. It's way too much. There's a trans person on it. And now I almost got into this when we talked about Another Life because that show, the Netflix uh, sci-fi thing with uh, Katie Sackhoff. It's Sackhoff, by the way. Mm -hmm. There's a trans person on that and they don't make an issue of it. This thing, they treat the trans person like a spectacle. I don't like how they made a thing out of it. It's filthy. It's disgusting. There's so much nudity for underage, you know, characters, even though they're over 18 actors and actresses, they're underage characters. And that really, I just thought it was filthy and disgusting. I'm no prude. I have, you've seen my Google search history. Sadly, I have. It's filth. It's horrifying. Filth. (laughs) This show is a total purge for me. I I hate, I, I couldn't watch past the first episode. Well, I did all eight, man, and I'm with you. Now, I don't think it's, it's not a horrible show. It's just not for me. And I don't want to sound like, get off my lawn, some out of touch old man. But here's the deal. I don't care about these teenagers. Life sucks, okay? It sucks your whole way through. Just no hope in this show. It's overproduced trash with just an underlying mean spiritedness that I just can't get on board for. Now, if that makes me out of touch, so be it. But I feel like there's a lot of HBO going, we're going to push boundaries because we're HBO and we're just going to just do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, well, you they're know? doing underage porn, which to me is a little too far. Now, tell me this. How many uh, full frontal nude male members did you see in uh, any given episode? What was the maximum number of naked penises in this show? Some ridiculous number, like 18 or 38 or some. It was all, basically they did a, a, a locker room scene 
and this guy was talking about his dick and they just had like, you know, all these shots of guys and their dicks. Yeah. So you have a problem with it thematically. Yeah. I have a problem with it because it's just shock. It's shock core. I do believe that element of shock is there just for shock. It's like, oh, kids these days, we're going to, I'm like, if this is really the life that kids are leading, this country is done. Burn it down. I cannot relate to these characters. No. And I don't care about them because they're all such jerks to each other. Yeah. The show uh, reminded me, I think what it was trying to do was what American Beauty, the movie that came out in like 1994, was trying to do, which is show kind of a dark side to suburban America. Uh, American Beauty, when I watched it the first time, I thought was really uncomfortable. Watching Euphoria was, I, I wanted to poke my eyes out. It's it's horrifying. Purge for me. Purge, 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 euphoria. Wow. Wow. The last show we're going to talk about tonight is the quintessential Netflix binge show. And it just came to an end after seven seasons. Orange is the New Black. Now, I believe this was the first show to be released a whole season at a time no no house of cards was this was the second one wrong hemlock grove was the second original netflix show that you could binge orange is a new black was the third one this one made a big splash uh it stars taylor Schilling. she's a suburban white woman who gets convicted or she gets arrested and convicted of something that happened 10 years ago uh, just before the statute of limitations, whatever, she gets thrust into this prison environment, a women's prison. And it kind of starts out, the series starts out being about her and how difficult it is to adjust. But the series evolves over seven seasons into uh, some of the other women that are in there. There's a lot of gang members. There's a lot of impoverished people. And, and they go into the backstories. And you learn to relate to some of these people for example, I guarantee you, you've done stuff that could have landed you in prison if you got caught. Well, a night in jail, let's say that. You know, all of us have done stupid stuff. And and honestly, it relates the guards to the prisoners in an interesting way, which is that some of the guards deserve to be in prison. And they're really bad people, some of them. Men and women uh, correctional officers in the show. It's a show about humanity, and it's really raw. You know, I'm not... Uh, not a lot of people call me a feminist. A handful. Yeah, a handful. A handful. But I'll tell that you I've what. I've never met. I'll tell you what, though, man. Um, one of the reasons I like doing this show is because we reiterate constantly it's important to take other people's perspectives into consideration. And uh, when this show goes into the backstory of a single mom, it, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to even do it justice to try and explain it. But the backstories of some of these women that landed in prison, uh, I mean, it could have been us, man. They had some real struggles, and they're good people. Not all of them. Some of them are bad people. Now, one really cool thing about this show is that it's based on a true story. Piper Kerman, who was a suburban you know, housewife, whatever, that got indicted almost a decade after uh, she made some bad choices. But I'll tell you what. Here's the thing that I think people should take away from this show. Uzo Aduba plays a mentally ill inmate. Crazy eyes, right? Yeah, crazy eyes. This was considered a comedy the first couple of years in the Golden Globes. The Emmys. Maybe both? Yeah. Okay. 
there's some funny moments, but it's like The Sopranos. It's mostly it's dark. It's a drama. Yeah, it's mostly a drama. It's mostly dark. Danielle Brooks, who plays a character named Tasty, she can punch her own ticket for the rest of her life. She's so good. Dasha Polanco, Selena Sleva, Taryn Manning is in it, who you've seen in some other stuff. Uh, Laverne Cox, she got a lot of jobs off of this. Kate Mulgrew is in it. Oh, Natasha Leon, I know you don't like. Anyway, the cast of this is so good. And I'll tell you what I really appreciate about this show is that it created leading roles for people that I don't think would have had a leading role. I mean, other than Octavia Spencer, I don't think there were actresses like Danielle Brooks and Dasha Polanco getting the kind of roles that they should have. And Jackie Cruz, I mean, this really brought in like minority character actors that stole the show. They got Jason Biggs out of the series after like season two. And I love Jason Biggs, you know that. But he couldn't make the cut because these women were so good. Actually, there's a lot of really good guys that play corrections officers. Mike Birbiglia is in this. Really? Yeah, he's awesome. He, he's, he just kind of plays himself, but he's, he's so good. This show is so well done and well acted. If I had to change one thing about it, seven seasons is a, maybe more than it needed. It probably could have gone five. Well, that's the deal with these shows. I mean, not every season's going to be a home run. Yeah. You know, they, when you get to seven seasons, some are hit and some are a miss. Yeah. Well, I mean, it probably goes without saying the first couple are great. The third season really picks up. I think it was the fourth season. They probably could have ended it there. Five and six and then seven. It ends. It's very fulfilling. You're happy with how it concludes. Yeah, the series finale is great. And one other thing I'll say about this. They use a lot of indie rock, like unheard of bands. Do you have Shazam or something? I use Shazam. Of course you do. So you get like your Siri or whatever. And you're like, what song is this? And it's some band you've never heard of. And then you come to like that band. So if you haven't watched Orange is the New Black. I haven't. I watched the first episode when it premiered. And I was like, eh, this wasn't for me. But listening to you. I can see myself someday sitting down and watching this whole show. I'm very passionate about this show, surprisingly. Um, yeah, I'm a little shocked. I didn't think you were such a huge proponent for Orange is the New Black. But I like this side of you, Joe. I'm enjoying it. Well, I don't want to be too sensitive about it, but it really is one of those shows that puts you in someone else's shoes. And I think that's the important thing that uh, TV and film can do. I'm going to go uh, wipe my eyes with the Kleenex now. But Maybe uh, you are a critic. Maybe I am. I don't know. But you know what? I would recommend this show to anybody. However, it's dirty. It's a hard R most of the time. Yeah, but if you can watch Euphoria, come on. Nobody can watch Euphoria. <laughs> Maybe Ted Bundy. <laughs> anyway, Orange is the New Black. It's a great series. It really put Netflix on the map. That and House of Cards where yeah. it's two big performers out of the gate. It's a pioneer. Now that it's all done, you know, watch it when you can. But, all right. Uh, I will. Binge. Thanks. Great, Joe. Good for you. Thank you. All right, what do you say we wrap it up? Anything you're looking forward to before we go? You just told me 20 minutes ago that I didn't know that Glow Season 3 came out today. Yes, we'll be bringing you Glow Season 3 next week for sure. Yeah, I'm going to watch that tonight. I, I love Mark Marin. I love Allison Brie. Mark Marin is great on that show. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I'm enjoying... <laughs> now, there's no reason for us to review Hard Knocks on HBO because if you know what it is... You either watch it or you don't. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's like trying to review Sports Center. Um, yeah. Hard Knocks is when they take the cameras into training camp for a specific NFL team. 
it's really interesting to see cameras in the locker rooms, in the weight rooms, and watching these rookies and these guys that got signed that aren't going to make the cut and watching them with their kids in the dorm rooms and stuff. It's not reality TV because reality TV sucks. Yeah. This is basically a documentary. Yeah, it totally is. I've watched it for years. Yeah. Now, now I don't watch it religiously. I'm like, oh, Hard Knocks is on. I turn it on in the background, do whatever else I'm doing with my day, and watch it that way. Yeah. Now, this year... <laughs> Tell... <laughs> <laughs> this year, the team that's getting all the coverage is the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> Right. And I think that says it all right there. It's going to be a train wreck. Already, Antonio Brown, we're not going to turn into sports center here. Don't worry. We promise, folks. But Antonio Brown, that guy's a drama at school in himself, you know? <laughs> After one episode, there's only one episode out. They come out on Tuesdays. But just watching the ticker at the bottom of Sports Center, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch this next Tuesday's Hard Knocks because this team is going to set themselves on fire. They're terrible. There's only Oakland can. It's going to be a disaster, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. Like I said, I watch these every year. This isn't a review, folks. We're just saying, you know, if you're into the NFL and you have HBO, of course you're watching Hard Knocks. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to continuing to watch that. What do you got? Well, big news coming from the world of Binge or Purge. We're going to have our own awards show. The yeah. Binge or Purge Streamies. Okay, let's do it. That title's a work in progress. This whole thing's a work in progress, folks. But what we're planning on is having a few categories, and we're going to vote and give our opinions on what we thought was the best and the worst of what we've reviewed so far this year. We'll do it right before the Emmys, but we want the input from you, the listeners. Next week, we'll have the categories. We'll put them up on Twitter and anywhere else you can find us, and you just say what you think. Now, these have to be shows... Not necessarily that we've watched, but you think that are deserving for the best thing, the worst thing, and what are these categories are that you've seen this year. Yeah. Now, we'll get into the details later, but in the meantime... Yeah, we're still figuring them out. Yeah. We we want to hear from you. Why don't you tell us if there's something we recommended and we, we said binge and you binged it and you thought, yeah, that's right. Or if we said binge this and you hated it, start telling us that stuff because we're going to take that into account uh, when the uh, accounting firm Waterhouse Cooper Price Water Price yeah, yeah. Waterhouse yeah. Cooper when we turn these votes, until they screwed that up, <laughs> the, he had one job. He had one job to do. <laughs> You're too busy taking a selfie with Emma Stone, you idiot. Yeah. All right. Give us your input on what we should uh, consider for the streamies. Tell us where you thought we were right, where you thought we were wrong. We're this gonna... is a way of getting more input from our listeners. Yeah. We are open to hearing from you. We can't stress that enough. The more we hear from you, the happier we are. Now, how do people get a hold of us? They can reach us on Twitter at Binge or Purge. Instagram, Binge or Purge Podcast. Email us at Binge or Purge Podcast at gmail.com. Also, I want to mention, you can now follow us on Spotify. Yeah, so we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on iTunes. If you just go to Google and type in binge or purge, you'll find a place. There's actually a whole bunch of other sites that like uh, funnel off of those. So it's super easy. I don't know easy. how it works. I don't All either. I know is tell a friend and if they're like, I can't find binge or purge. Yes, you can. And also I had a couple of people say, I couldn't find you. I found binge and purge. And I go, that ain't us. No. There is no and. We are or binge 
or purge. Now, of course, you're already listening to us, so you get that. But if you're suggesting to a friend, stress the or part. Yeah, I went <laughs> I went through that today with somebody, actually. He's like, binge and purge? Like, like no! Put the or quote, binge here, or purge. You can put the quotation marks in, and it'll only return binge or purge. That's a Boolean search term is what that's called. Oh. Anyway, uh, good night, everybody. No, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> before we go, shout out, as always, to Just the Facts. You can follow Just the Facts on Twitter and Instagram at the Jessica Greer. And that's it. We're done. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. My name is Demo. For Joe Taylor, this has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. See you next time. Was it-